everybody, it's Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Little Smart Pop Um, So if you guys caught the first vlog, just giving an intro, kind of what we're going to be doing, the topics we're going to be covering, all that kind of stuff. You know that health and wellness was one of, you know, the big topics that we wanted to address here. Um, and, you know, unfortunately here in the United States, the maternal mortality rate is really, really bad. Um, the statistics for the 2011 to 2015 timeframe show that of 100,000 live births, 20.7 women lose their lives, you know, during or shortly thereafter childbirth. And, and just to give a definition of what we mean with by maternal mortality rate, it's the rate calculated as the number of maternal deaths while pregnant or within 42 days of the end of a pregnancy for every 100,000 live births. So, you know, that, that spans a good amount of time. It spans almost a year. So between the time you're pregnant to the time, 42 days, about six weeks after you give birth, that's what we mean um, when we talk about the matern maternal mortality rate. Um, the United States is doing bad, y'all. Like, we are ranked with developing countries like Afghanistan and Lesotho and Swaziland, you know, places that are still developing. We're nowhere near where we should be to be a developed country with the amount of resources and the amount of, you know, knowledge that, that people in this country have. It's, it's truly a travesty. And, you know, we as women, we as mothers, we as friends to, to women, like we have to be knowledgeable and empowered to speak up on our behalves about these things. And if we can't speak up on our behalves, then we need to have someone who can speak up for us. But, you know, it's a big deal. Um, today, we get the awesome, awesome luxury of having a good friend of mine. Her name is Nikenya Morris. She is amazing, to say the least. Uh, she is a Texas resident. She currently resides in Austin, Texas. Um, she is a 2003 UT alum. Hashtag stay mad, Abby. Yes, because she is a beautiful black queen. And I will note her, um, her bio in the description of this video. And uh, we'll also, after the jump of this, we'll have a uh, Skype interview where I have some questions that I'm going to ask her. And uh, she'll kind of give us a better overview of, of the work that she's doing for women and for mothers and their health. Um, but just to get back to giving her her amazing laurels, because she deserves all of them, um, she has an MA in Conflict Resolution from Abilene Christian University. She is a board member of Black Mamas Community Collective. She's a trainer for CPS Foster Care Program. She's a private guardian ad litem. She's the founder of Restore Family Support Services. And please go to her website at werestorefamilies.org. I'll also link that in the description of this video. Um, she's spoken at numerous conferences. She's spoken at legislative briefings. She's been on radio interviews, she's had news interviews, she's had newspapers write about her and everything, you know, that she does advocating for maternal health. She's dope. So happy that she agreed to uh, speak to us today 
And just after the jump, we will have our interview with the amazing Miss Nikenya Morris. All right. I really appreciate it. Um, so can you just give me a brief like overview of yourself? I kind of went through your professional background. So anything you have, you know, personal or anything with your advocacy that you want to specifically talk about, that'd be great. So um, my name is Nikenya Wilson and I am, well, I'm about to be 38. I'm 38 um, in a few weeks and I am the mom to three beautiful children. 16, 3, and uh, 8 months, and I am married to a wonderful husband, Morris, of 5 years, um, and let's see, my friends told me not to tell people that I'm a stay-at-home mom, because they say I do too many things to ever label myself as a stay-at-home mom, but I, <laughs> I take care of children at home while doing the other things that bring me joy. Is that it's a better way of, of uh, kind of framing so it. So um, you are a work from home mom who also takes care of your kids. <laughs> okay, I am a work from home mom who also <laughs> takes care of my kids. Sounds really fancy, um, but anyways, I right now I um, do some contract work when I can, working around family court issues um, and reconciliation and. Um, and then I also, my my big effort uh, recently has been around for the last year around um, Black Maternal Health uh, board, um, the Black Mamas Community Collective, and we are specifically targeting Travis County um, in Texas, trying to uh, affect the Black maternal mortality and morbidity rates. And I've been doing a lot of work there. Okay. Very cool, very cool. So let's delve into that a little bit more. So you got three kiddos. So you've been around this rodeo a few times now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so did anything like personal kind of spark your your interest in doing this advocacy or was, you know, what, what kind of jumped that off? So actually, um, like I said, I have an older daughter um, that's 16, and I had her when I was really young, and I had an amazing uh, pregnancy and an amazing birth experience. Then um, I got married and had my second child at 35, and my second pregnancy was not smooth at all. Um, I had a lot of health complications, ended up on bed rest. Um, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia and gestational diabetes and was induced. And during that induction, there was just a lot of things that didn't go according to plan. Um, the care that I received was um, subpar and it actually ended up jeopardizing my health and safety as well as my son. Um, we are blind, but it definitely could have easily gone a different direction. And so, that was my experience. I had my son in February of 2016. And in 2017, um, I, January of 2017, a friend of mine um, tapped me and she said, hey, I have a, a friend, Professor UT, that's about to do some work on a grant that she received around black maternal health. And it just so happened, I just found out maybe like three months before that I was having another baby. And I was very afraid of going through the same experience that I had gone through with my 
my son and I was in the process of looking for a doula and just kind of doing a lot of research about advocating for myself this time around, making sure that I had the right doctor and that I was safe. Um, I knew that I was going to need a fetal medicine specialist. And so I was doing a lot of legwork. So it ended up being kind of like a synergy where I was kind of on my personal journey um, for safety and health in my pregnancy as a black woman. And then I was presented with opportunity to share my story and to advocate for other black women who don't have a voice so that they don't have to encounter um, the risk of death, basically, just be able to have a family. Absolutely. So uh, in the initial part of this video, I went through some of the statistics about the uh, mortality rate for women in the United States. And I know that for black women, it's, it's especially high. Like I believe it's uh, 2.3% or 2.3 times more likely for a black woman to die. And, and the other thing that struck me really interesting about that is, is that it's across educational, socioeconomic, all the way across the board. If you are black, you have a 2.3 times more likely you know, chance to die right. during child during or shortly and after childbirth. Right, and that's in Texas. Um, nationally, Texas. it's almost right. four times more likely. Um, in New York City, it's twelve times more likely. You are twelve times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related issue if you are a black woman. So, essentially, if you are a Caucasian female who dropped out of high school that is in poverty, that doesn't attend one prenatal visit, you are more likely to have a safe and healthy pregnancy in comparison to a black woman with an advanced degree that's upper middle class. Wow. And in your experience, like, what have you seen? Why, why is that? I know, I know what my perception of it is, but what have you seen in your work? Well, you know, to just kind of chase this racism. Um, what we have found is that all things being equal, the care that a black woman receives um, is less than it should be um, because of institutional racism and racial bias is taking place not just at a individual level with like a specific doctor or nurse, but that's built into the healthcare system and how we're servicing women. Um, in particular, one of the, the things that we've been able to really kind of pinpoint is how black women are being listened to, or for that matter, not being listened to um, as patients, um, which is why um, having health advocates like doulas are so imperative and so essential to turning the tide. Um, so when black women are saying, what's going on with their body or how they're feeling, um, they're not being listened to. And in many cases, um, it could lead to them having shorter long-term health consequences and even um, death. Wow. So what would some advice be for moms, for, for women who are pregnant right now and for their family? Because I know sometimes the women themselves may not be in a position to advocate for themselves. So what what can we do? What do we, what do we do? So I think um, one of the things that 
I did differently during my last pregnancy. Um, it just so happened that the doctor who delivered my first two children um, wasn't delivering anymore. And so I knew that I was going to have to have a new doctor. Um, so I was very intentional. Hey, cutie. <laughs> I was very intentional about um, my doctor and who I wanted. I, I researched um professionals and I when I went in for my initial appointment I was interviewing him so you know not being afraid to ask questions about their philosophy of care um, being able to vocalize what you want your experience to be like um, having a birth plan um, and making sure that you and your doctor are on the same page about that um, definitely doulas I think are um, an amazing resource. And for those of you who don't know what a doula is, it's a um, birth advocate. So that doula may be working with you ahead of time to help you prepare, um, to help you through your labor process, actually giving birth, and then afterwards even um, checking in with you to see how your physical and mental health is. You know, a lot of moms experience postpartum depression after they have their babies and they don't even know what it is and no one's checking in on them. Um, my doula came to the house and washed dishes and played with my toddler so that I could take a nap. Um, so I think that's something else that moms could, you know, look into as well. Um, and in making sure that you have a village, you know, you have people who love you and support you that are around you that can, um, that know what your wishes are as well, that can speak up for you. Um, because when you're in a hospital, you're in a really vulnerable position, right? Anybody who is in the hospital, you're not necessarily, you're laid out of the hospital bed, so you want to have people that are going to be able to make sure that you get the best care that you can possibly get. Of course. Well, so I know that you said, you know, doulas and that kind of thing. Is there a cost for doulas? Like, what what would someone, I guess, with limited means even, what, what would someone like that, what would they need to do to make sure that their care is being advocated for? Absolutely. So doulas can cost, but not always. Um, there are community doula programs depending on where the mom lives. Um, there's lots of nonprofits that are really um, picking up steam and being able to provide those kind of services. For instance, Black Mamas Community Collective, we are providing doula services to a cohort of women. Um, I think we're providing services to close to 20 women right now um, as a part of our grant. We also have another nonprofit in town called Mama Sana Vibrant Women, and they provide um, birthing assistance as well. So check, you know, kind of do a little bit of research. You know how we do, get on Google and, you know, do a little researching, and you may be able to find um, an organization that can provide those services to you. And um, in the event that that's not available, um, there are women who are doulas that have sliding scale or um, that are at full cost. So it takes a little bit of research, but I, I definitely think it's something worth um, investing a little bit of time into learning more about. Okay. And one more question about doulas. What if what would someone do to become a doula? You know. You know, a lot of us have had children, and so we, we, we know somewhat 
what the typical process is, even though it's never a typical process, you know, what can, what can we do to help other women out? How can there are absolutely there's um the same agencies and organizations that provide doula services a lot of them have excuse me a lot of those uh, organizations have opportunities to be trained um for and you can actually get certifications um and so one that's really popular um, out of the dallas area is adana um, and they provide oh. trainings all around the state um and but just depending on, what, again, what city you're in, I know, <laughs> depending on what city you're in, Hashtag you, um, life. yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's how it goes. My kids do um, now, that's the only reason I have peace and quiet. <laughs> Hi, can you give mommy two more minutes? Okay, two more Literally minutes. Literally two minutes, and we'll, we'll give you mommy back. <laughs> Stick my earring. <laughs> so, um, holding it random. So, at any rate, um, it, there's usually some cost, but again, the nonprofits that need um, doulas. One of the um, things that we're one of the trends that we're seeing is that there's um, definitely a push to have more doulas of color to be able to serve women of color. So some organizations will pay for or subsidize or discount your training if you are a woman of color so that they can have you available to other women of color. Definitely good to know. Definitely good to know. Okay, last 30 seconds so I can let you get back to hashtag mom life. <laughs> what is the best piece of parenting advice? Total pivot. What's the best piece of parenting advice you think you've received or given? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, oh, I've been given a lot. I didn't give you that prep at all. <laughs> okay. I've been given a lot of parenting advice. Um, there actually is a book that I would recommend um, that had some really good parenting advice. And it, um, although I've got a lot from my granny and other people, but this book is called No More, no More Perfect Moms. Ooh, and in that book, it talks about not per not comparing your outside. Wait, not comparing your insides to someone else's outside. So what they mean by that is you look at you know the Facebook, the Instagram, um, right. the birthday mom, you know the playdate mom, and you're judging yourself and measuring yourself up to their outsides which you see on the outside and they don't know and no one else knows what's on their insides or your insides so um don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides i like that i like that a lot all right nikenya thank you thank you so much you gave us oh my god so much good advice i appreciate you taking the time i appreciate your cuties uh impromptu visit you can hear them in the background they're <laughs> they're circling the wagon totally get it all right mama well i will let you get back to it hey everybody so I want to acknowledge uh, my big oopsie in the last portions of uh, this vlog. 
and I want to let you guys know that keeping up with your friends solely through social media is nothing but the devil. I am so used to seeing Nikenya and her husband Morris together in posts and in photos and whatnot on Facebook that I merged their names together as though Morris was Nikenya's last name and I know that that is not the case. Nikenya Wilson, thank you so much again for you know telling us about dope advocacy that you're doing and for all the advice that you gave and for the conversation that we had. Thank you so much for that. Sorry for messing up your name, girl. I know your name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I uh, also wanted to just kind of give another perspective of, of, you know, how healthcare providers treat their patients um, and also piggybacking on to what Nikenya was saying about interviewing your doctors and choosing your doctors. And I know that everybody does not have the option due to insurance restrictions and, and Medicare, Medicaid, and restrictions you know due to those circumstances but for those of us who do have the option to choose your doctors please 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 if someone makes you feel uncomfortable or that you're not being listened to or that they don't believe you find another doctor and please do it quick fast and in a hurry you know don't be waiting until 38 weeks pregnant to then realize that your doctor is not your cup of tea Definitely, when you find out that you're pregnant, don't just jump on the first doctor that you find on Yelp. Go visit them. Go talk to them. See if you're a good fit. I mean, seriously, guys, these these doctors are like in your hoo-ha. So I feel like you need to have a little bit of a good rapport with them. Um, and also, you know, if you can get a doula, get a doula. I didn't even know that that was a thing when I when I had my babies or, or to that point I didn't know what a doula was so I really appreciate McKenna for breaking it down to us and giving us that explanation of what a doula is and, and and where you can find them but definitely jump on the google machine and if you're pregnant and you feel like you you know would want someone by your side to speak up for you help you with your birth plan make sure that your birth plan is actually executed then definitely please find a doula if you are like me with a big old mouth who's not afraid to, to speak their piece, look into becoming a doula. You know, I think that that would be an amazing work that we could do to help our fellow women and our fellow mothers so that they can be here for their kids. Um, but I do want to give an aside of, of, of how awesome my OBGYN was. He uh, delivered both of my babies. He was actually my gynecologist before I was ever pregnant and he uh, <laughs> a couple months before I got pregnant he had just been asking me okay you're married now when are you gonna have the kids and I was super duper irritated because who you know I mean I know that he actually monitors my uterus but I didn't really want him all up in my uterus asking me when I was gonna have kids but cool and so when I came back a couple months later to tell him I was pregnant he like busted out laughing and was like yeah I thought we weren't having kids yet so that's cool Cool, Dr. Trong, that's cool. Um, but he's amazing, absolutely amazing. He listened to every complaint that I had. He listened to every concern that I had. If it was a valid concern, he addressed it immediately. If it was one of my neurotic concerns, he calmed me down and walked me off the ledge. And for that, I appreciate and thank him very much. And 
he, I had preeclampsia and I had gestational diabetes, uh, gestational diabetes with both pregnancies, preeclampsia with the second. And when he found out about both, he sprung into action. I had specialists through both pregnancies uh, due to the gestational diabetes. He made sure that that was taken care of with the referrals and that I was, uh, that he was coordinating with them to make sure that everything was going according to plan so that both me and my babies were safe during, during and after the delivery. And so definitely find your fit, find your good doctor, find the doctor who listens, find your doctor who believes you, find the doctor who will, who he himself will advocate for you. Um, you know, if nothing else from this episode sinks in, it's really to just advocate for yourself. Find your voice. Find your voice and speak up for yourself. It, your life could literally depend on it. You know, don't don't just be a passenger on on this ride to having your baby. You are the driver. This is your show. People need to listen to you. People need to believe you. Um. In the next episode, oh yeah, it's going to be a good one. St staying in the theme of health, maternal health, um, postpartum health, all of that. And we're going to talk with another good friend of mine, Brandilyn. I call her Brandy uh, Flunder. And yes, that is her last name, and I am positive about that. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk with Brandy Flunder. Uh, and she actually was diagnosed with peripartum cardiomyopathy disease. And basically what that is, is heart failure due to pregnancy. Um, she's going to give us some points on that and uh, how she was diagnosed and what her recovery's been and, and all that good stuff. Um, and this, this truly, truly, truly ties into, you know, advocating for yourself and, and, and maternal mortality because if... You know, things could have been very different for her, but she listened to her body, she advocated for herself, and she found a doctor who would also advocate on her behalf. And so, thankfully, we're having this interview with Brandy on the next episode. So, that's, you know. Here is a story of when advocating for yourself goes right. Um, lastly, I uh, want to give my gold star and my time out. Uh, because I've had some pretty great things happen this week and I've also had some pretty not great things happen this week. <laughs> um, so my first gold star goes to the Caramel Cloud Macchiato from Starbucks. I know there are a million other things I could have given my gold star to, but listen, that thing is good. I am severely lactose intolerant and I also think I might have some type of allergy to eggs and both of those things are in that drink but it don't even matter because it's that good like for real for real like it is that good it is literally like drinking a sweet caramel espresso infused cloud go get you one Starbucks you're welcome um I want to give my time out to Sports teams for preschoolers that think that it's like the major league. So let me back up and just say I never played sports when I was a small child. So I don't know if this is normal or not. But for me, it's real extra. Hella, 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 hella extra. My kid 
has he's four. Not even four, honestly. He will be four in May. Signed him up for T ball. We get the schedule. Next week, he has practice on Tuesdays, Thursdays. He has a game on Monday, Wednesday, and another one the following Saturday. Y'all, that is five days in a week. We not get paid for this. I I am I am appalled. Appalled. So I'm going to put crazy children's sports teams in the corner have time out think about their actions because this is this crazy i'm 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 not about this life my husband is trying to assure me that this is somewhat normal and i'm not buying it i'm not i'm just not but that is my gold star and my time out for this vlog and <laughs> extra as they may be it is what it is um so I know this was a bit of a heavy topic, but mother's health is obviously so very important. And listen, if the United States healthcare system is not going to make our health a priority, then you know what, we will. So if, again, if you got nothing else from this episode, please find your voice, advocate for yourself, and if you can't, find someone who can, you know. My whole purpose behind this vlog is to empower women with the knowledge to be great, hella smart mothers, and to raise our children, and for us to be happy, whole women. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of Hella Smart Mothers. I'm trying to help you guys make it look easy. Have a great day, y'all. Bye.